So my name is Zachary Schulman, and today is Thursday, January 19th. Um, it's about 12.25 in the afternoon, and we're in the home of Sharon Smith. And um, this is part of the Brooklyn Queens Land Trust's Our Garden, Our Stories program, um, which is in partnership with Brooklyn Public Library. And I'm here with... I'm Sharon Smith, a member, founder of the Dutton Black and Civic Association Community Garden. Okay. <laughs> great, great. And thanks again for, for talking as part of this, talking with us as part of this interview. Um, to start off, can you, um, can you tell me a little bit about your first involvement with the garden? And if, if it was a garden when you were first involved? Um, my first involvement with the garden, uh, like, like Carl said, there were a lot of empty lots, homes that burned down, whatever, torn down, uh, filled up with debris and everything. Uh, we was also approached, I believe, by Green Thumb to see if we were in the politicians, if we would be interested in doing one of the lots as a garden. Uh, with the help of Green Thumb, we got started with a chicken wire fence and post. Okay, so... Um, I think we had four areas, four houses in the two-block radius that was just empty. So we converted that one lot to an open space to a garden, which makes a difference, in, you know, in the neighborhood. Because no matter how good your house looks, if you have crap next to you, your house don't look good. And it brings down the value of the community of your house, too. And what, around what time was this, around what year did you first get involved? 19, it was in the 80s, the early 80s, I believe. And so the the garden was vacant until the early 80s, and that's when when you started working on it? I think the the very early 80s, and we started working on it. So members in the community, members of the Block Association... It was several of us got there. We had about 10, 12 people that started out. Uh, we got help clearing it, you know. Green Thumb gave us a lot of material to start off with. They fenced it in, okay, uh, taught us how to make beds, you know, make raised beds. And we started from there. And what did the space look like? At first, when it was a vacant lot, like what was what A vacant was there? lot with cars, you name it. Like junk cars? Junk cars. Uh-huh. Uh, stuff from people's house. You okay. Know. Okay. You know, bear cans, just litter. It was, okay. They were all like that. People were just litter. Instead of taking your stuff to the dump or putting it outside, they'd just bring it down to the lot and empty lot and just dump it. And, and you talked about 10 or 12 neighbors coming together. Are these folks that you knew already or... They were part. How did you connect with them? Some were members of the block association. Some just lived in the community and, and took an interest in helping us, you know, turn that ugly space into a nice green open space. And at the time, did you have a specific vision of like what the space would become? Not really. We just to plan and then have food and give it to the neighbors, because most of us that was members, we all had a garden at home. 
Okay, but we used to grow uh, the flowers. We would grow the vegetables, and we would give them to the people in the neighborhood. And what um, what were that, those first couple seasons like after you cleaned out the the lot? It was what, a what little was rough. It was rough because um, we had to use the fire hydrant. So we had this heavy-duty commercial hose and to roll it from across the street into... So it was a little hard work. It was tedious. But we did it for years until Brooklyn Queens Land Trust came in. So so the, so you started in the early 80s, and then BQLT, as far as, as I know, got involved around... Like 2004, 5, 6, right around then? Yeah, a little bit. I think a little bit before that. I think in the 2000s. Okay. And so what what were like the mid and late 80s and then into the 90s? What was that like? Well, we, during that time, we tried to do programs uh, geared towards the kids, trying to get the youth involved. So we did a lot of different programs. Um we would have gardening programs, we had garden mosaics, we had, um, we would go on trips, uh, we partnership with, uh, oh boy, Queens Botanical Garden, so it was composting, uh, regular composting and worm composting, okay, um, a lot of different arts and craft projects for the kids, okay, uh, at one point we had a program where the kids were there every Saturday, every Wednesday, and we also prepared uh, lunch for them because we found out a lot of the kids wasn't eating either. They would be at the garden all day not eat, so we started preparing meals for them. And what was, how did the neighborhood receive this? How, you know, what was the response from the kids, their families, the, other neighbors and residents? The kids were very happy. The, a lot of the parents appreciated it. It also gave the parents a break, so that, you know. <laughs> okay. A lot of the kids really appreciated it on days when there was no program, but we would be in the garden work, and they would come down. Oh, can I help, you know, and they would help and volunteer. And we went through that with a lot of the kids, you know. Um Some of the, pa- you know, the parents were kind of, Absentee, it was hard getting the parents to come to the garden, but I found the kids really appreciated. As I watched some of the kids in the neighborhood get older and stuff, they've come back and made certain remarks. If it wasn't for us, they would have went this way, which was the wrong way, mm-hmm. uh, or they appreciated what they were taught and what they learned because it helped them later on, you know. So to me, that's to me that's very gratifying to hear that from a few of the kids that came through the garden, as I say. Mm-hmm. And have any of them come back as gardeners, or are they all off doing other things? They're all off doing other things. We have even uh, helped some of them get jobs through the SYP and stuff. Uh, we had a problem with one kid, and... We helped him get a job with SYEP the next year, and he worked with kids. And with a change of attitude. 
uh, what a change of attitude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he actually told me, said, well, you see yourself now. He's And he apologized. He said he he was so sorry. So that was you know. What what was what was challenging for him? Like what what was he apologizing for? His behavior, his behavior, his demeanor, his attitude, the way he mm-hmm. talked. Okay, and after working with kids, he did a complete turnaround. So the fact that he came back and apologized to the guard, not you know, once again gratifying to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I see him and say, I need some help, he'll come in. He'll help. Or you come in, you need some help. I say, no, not today. I'm good. So. What, um, can you, you know, can you describe walking by the garden or walking into the garden, what you, what you see? What's, what the, what does the physical space look like? You see a gazebo. We have two sheds in here against the, and on one side, on the Remington side, uh, we have flower beds going down part. Then we have our vegetable beds and flowers going down another part. Okay, um, you see, we have a greenhouse, you see the, we have beds on both sides of the fence, you know. So the middle is open, okay. Um, we have indoor water, thank God. Um, and we got rid of the chicken wire fence, okay, and we have a steel fence up there, which makes a big difference in the appearance of the garden. Um, we are wheelchair accessible. We have two entry points on Remington Street. There's an entry point, in, so you can go in with a wheelchair, whatever, very easily. And on the Shore Avenue side, we also have a path there to come in, uh, wheelchair accessible. And that's also our delivery side. I see. And what what are some day-to-day activities that happen in the garden that maybe you participate in or you see others or you know others are are working on? The members are part or when we have program. Both, yeah. Um, Well... You know, members, you know, members naturally are weeding, cutting grass, watering, fertilizing, composting. You know, that's uh, garden members' responsibility. When we have programs, we have had jazz concerts. We have had Oli Bagoodies concerts. uh, Garden McSave for the kids. We have done uh, camping out in the garden with the youth. Um, Boy. Um different types of arts and craft they made uh they painted pictures on um what is that board called it's the plywood okay i think they were three by three okay and we had them up there they painted them we shellacked them we hung them up and as the kids got bigger i used to laugh and you know that's my picture michelle and you're now from eight and now you're 17 and you see your picture's still hanging up there. Um, we don't naturally composting with the kids. We do that constant. That's a constant thing. And when we do have children's program, we require that they participate in composting. They we give them Ziploc bags and take it home, and they bring back material from the house to go into the um, 
composting bins. And they actually work them. They know how to turn them. Uh, we have a two-bin composting system where the front slides up. You can take them out in two sections. So no matter how tall or short you are, or even if you're in a wheelchair, you can roll right up there and you can help turn the compost. Okay. So that's, you know, and the kids, we have worked with the SYAP program. Okay. Uh, those get paid. But it's their internship, okay? And we had them about three, four, about three years. They worked at the garden. Can you talk a little bit about what SYEP is? That's the Summer Youth Employment Program for underprivileged or um, low-income families that qualify and their kids are paid by the city of New York uh, to work at different agencies, city agencies or community groups, now they're extended to community groups, okay? Um, and they come out and they work in a, they do basically what a member does. I know it's tedious, but it's the sweeping and policing and, and it's composting, um, turning the compost and adding water or and or adding material. Uh, they paint. Uh, like the gazebo and stuff like that. Uh, they paint the sheds. They um, they uh, cultivate the soil. Okay, they add fertilizer. They water every day. So, what a uh, basically generally what the same thing a garden member does. And this this was their job. You know, I used to rotate them, so it's not so tedious. One week. Two do the compost one week. Uh, somebody else sweep the front. So, you know, the major big stuff, you're not doing the same thing the whole seven weeks you're there. Um, the only thing about that, you have your garden has to be open five days a week. Okay, and you have to make that commitment for someone to be there. Okay, five days a week. And you kind of set your hours like from. Nine to three. Oh, the 15, 14 and 15 year olds can only work 15 hours a week. And the 16 and up, I believe, can work the 25 hours a week. Okay. And they get a half an hour for lunch, not paid. But it's, um, it's a good learning experience. I know the kids get tired of it, the same old thing, but... A lot of them learned, uh, the ones I had, I had good kids, and they really said they learned a lot. Uh, I had a standing joke with one of the youth. He says, this is what I do with my father. I said, now go home and tell your father you're getting paid for it. <laughs> but I had to tell him, don't tell your father that. I'm only joking, you know, because <laughs> they live in the house and raking the leaves, you know, cleaning up, you know. The garden and, you know, fertilizing and, you know, turning over the soil and stuff, you know. But um, some of them like it, some of them didn't, but they wanted to get paid and they did what they had to do. Okay, because you got to remember, they're out in the hot sun every day. What's What's been the biggest challenge for you in the garden over the years? Oh, is is keeping membership, getting people to get involved, getting 
the parents of the children to get involved. They come by, oh, this is very nice, da, da, da. Well, won't you come in and join us? That's, that's had been our biggest problem always, okay, is getting the, the, child, the youth parents to come out and get involved. And is there anything that's, in the, in the times that, that you have been able to get parents involved, anything that's really, like, stood out to you? Either in how you've gotten them involved, or what, what, what they've been able, what they've contributed or shared. A short-term thing. Some of them would bring. Um, we had Play Street, and we would close off the street uh, on Shore Avenue once a week. Some of the parents would bring the kids. I donate ices and 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 water and you know, and snacks. You know, so that that I appreciate. You know. They would just come on their own and come and just give out, you know. But something permanently to commit to, no. All, all those things are, are significant, yeah. But they are because I also, and maybe I'm wrong, um, we're in Queens and just about over here, everybody living in the house, whether you own it, whether you rent it. And a lot of people have their own little garden so we try to do things to that's different but it's still a garden you know we try to get people like just to come in when you walk and you're tired I have done it a couple times I saw some people I tell them I think you need to come in and sit down and we keep water so I give them water because they really look especially when it's real hot and humid you know they appreciate they tell you thank you but you know when they see you working, they tell you hello. And that's as far as they go. And it's because of the diversity, and that's something that's been a stumbling block for us. Because, you know, the community has changed. And I don't know if there's a lot of foreigners are getting away from gardens because they had to do or that work on a farm, whatever, in their country. And, um, because I found that with a lot of people from the South. They left the South to come in to get away from the garden and getting their hands dirty. Okay. Uh, a lot of immigrants, too, did the same thing. So I think it's all the, uh, all the above why there's such a difference in the field for the garden. I see, I see. Um, what, like, when you think about um, future gardeners and, and kind of like the looking forward, um, is there something that you'd want to say to to people who might be involved in the garden, you know, in the near future or in the distant future? I would say if, if membership really could pick up and they could continue on, one of the most important things is getting fresh vegetables. And I mean really fresh vegetables. I've been to some of the stores around here, and that stuff, I don't call it fresh. And it makes a difference. And if they would really learn to appreciate fresh vegetables instead of out of a box, already prepared, okay? Um, a lot of the kids we had, we had a... Uh, 
mulberry bush and for them blueberry blueberry and the tomatoes how they would take the tomatoes they would watch me i take the tomato off especially the cherry you know and i'll just rub it on my shirt and they go isn't that dirty i said well it's a clean dirt because the sun baked on it <laughs> and the kids would start doing that and i told washington oh no it was sunbaked, you know. But um, several said they could really tell, especially in the tomatoes. There's a difference in homegrown tomatoes. Even at my house at the garden, big difference. And usually I don't eat too many tomatoes in the winter unless there's either the cherries or the plum because everything else tastes like, don't taste like a real tomato to me. But the kids learn a lot of them. When we was cooking for the pastry, if I made salad, if I wanted the berries, if the tomatoes, they would go pick them, to have them pick them, clean them up, okay, and put them right in the salad, you know. And I noticed a lot of the kids like doing it, but they also like eating the fresh fruit. But trying to get that relate to the parents, it's a different story. Mm -hmm. And it's very important for the kids to have Fresh fruit and vegetables. Okay, the cucumbers taste different. Everything tastes different. My collard greens taste different, I grow. Okay, I'm into butternut squash. Big difference compared to what uh, I get in the store. Okay, and using fresh herbs, that's another thing. Um, trying to get them to use fresh herbs, you know instead of everything in the bottle. Mm -hmm. They would realize how better their food would taste once they put away the box. <laughs> <laughs> and what you mentioned, I think, tomatoes um, and butternut squash. What else are you growing in the garden? I know it's winter now, but what, what, do you, well, you, uh, what have you grown in the past? Eggplant, different types of tomatoes, uh, big boy, um, cherry, Plum tomatoes, okay. Um, butternut squash. Oh boy, it's right. At, I'm looking right at it and can't. Um, oh boy, garlic. I can't think. I don't believe this. We got herbs down there. Corn, but the squirrels get to the corner line. We have a grapevine. Come today is full of grapes. Tomorrow it has none. And the squirrels are smart. I sit there and watch them. If a bunch of grapes, if, if half is ripe, when I come back the next day, the ones that are ripe are all gone and the green ones are still there. I said, <laughs> they're not colorblind. Okay, <laughs> rest assured. Um, I can't even take as much stuff as we grow. The collard greens, the string beans, uh, potatoes, okay, white potatoes, red potatoes, sweet potatoes. Um, Kalaloo, okay, uh, it would come to me. Kale, um, what's the other one that's red? I can't call it, and I see it as big as they. Beets, carrots. Now my mind went blank. That's 
But that's the basic okra. I forgot about the okra. And what else have we grown? Watermelon. That don't do too good, but we have... We keep trying watermelon. Cantaloupe. Pumpkins. They don't do well, but we keep trying. And I think that's about it I can think of. Oh, squash, yeah. Uh, butternut squash, but then... What's the green ones? My mind is a blank. Zucchini. Um, yellow squash. Yellow summer squash, right. So that's kind of... And we try to rotate the crops also. If you plant one here, we don't want to plant it back in the same bed the next year. Mm-hmm. And do you have any... So yeah, that's quite a, quite a selection. <laughs> um, do you have any kind of concluding thoughts or stories or anything you want to share that you, that you can think of? Well, the earlier years, what we found out was a little hurting, like I mentioned a little bit before. A lot of the kids didn't have food, and that bothered us. That really bothered us. So that's when we started really, whatever was ready, take it home. Let your parents know, you know, there was greens, there was string beans, tomatoes, whatever, you know. And we started, that's why we kept a feeding program for the kids. Whenever we had children, whatever program, one day or a two-month program, six, whatever, they were always fed. Whether we had no money for grants or not, we take food out of our own refrigerators and we used to always feed the kids. They, they, we made sure they had a meal. Okay. So, I don't think we have too much of that today. I don't see it. Isn't that as bad as it was in the, early, in the beginning? So that 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 was something that I hope would really change. That's one thing I would like to foresee, and the garden be up and going again strong. New members coming in and really working on it, and that's about it. All right, thank you so much. <laughs>